everyone, and welcome to episode 86 of Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Yang. Thanks for listening, and thanks to all you newcomers and first-timers for tuning in. Great to have you with us. I'm really appreciating the feedback I've been getting from many of you, so if you ever want to reach out for any reason, feel free to email me at wisconsintango at gmail.com. Once again, that's wisconsintango, all one word, at gmail.com. Looking forward to hearing from you. To help keep the podcast going, I'm also accepting donations through PayPal. There's a link in the description and also one on the podcast website. Thanks for your support. Okay, we have another fun show for you. My guest today has been a full-time tango dancer for over two decades, but she developed her passion for dance during her childhood when she started studying classical ballet. She has taught at a number of festivals around the world, has been the mastermind behind a number of major tango events, and co-founded the all-female dance company Tango Mujer. Based in New York City, she taught every level of tango at Dance Manhattan from 1994 to 2014. Internationally renowned as one of the foremost experts in tango, she has collaborated with a number of other world-class instructors and is widely sought out for her clear instructional style and extensive knowledge of technique. And with me now from New York is Rebecca Schulman. Rebecca, thanks so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. It's great to be talking to you. Thank you for inviting me, Joe, and thanks for being patient to wait till I found time. <laughs> no, that's okay. I understand you've had a lot going on, but it's great to hear your voice. Thank okay. you. Yeah, Rebecca. Okay, so just to get into it, take us back to a little bit to the beginning of your tango journey, Rebecca. I know you've been dancing pretty much all your life, but how did you fall in love with tango? You know, it was kind of a long process. I was interested in tango more than a year before I actually started and found a, a teacher. Mm-hmm. And I can't really remember what sparked my interest originally, except that I was in the dance world of New York City and taking ballet classes at huge studios that offered all kinds of different dancing. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they offered any tango, but there would have been uh, dances of other cultures. And I had been to see the show Tango Argentino on mm-hmm. the Broadway stage in 1985. I was 14. My parents took me like they took us to many musicals and Broadway shows. And what I remember most about that show was the bandoneon players. Mm-hmm. I actually don't have a memory of the dancers, unfortunately. So I'm not sure <laughs> why not, but I know the bandoneon players were very striking. They would all shift their bandoneon from their left knee to their right knee in sync with mm. each other. I found that very mysterious. That's not why I wanted to dance the tango, and I can't remember my first curiosity about it. Mm-hmm. But I went to the Lincoln Center uh, Library for the Performing Arts, mm-hmm. where one can sit and watch videos that they have in their library there. You can't oh. take them home, but okay. they'll put them on for you and give you some headphones. And mm-hmm. I decided to watch some tango, and I watched, I chose randomly almost, the instructional video by the Dean Cells. And I was watching that, and a guy, a couple of VCRs down from me, asked what I was watching (laughs) and said, oh, you should come watch this. What I'm watching is even better. And he was watching a documentary called Tango Mio. Mm. And it had all of the quirkiness and grit and intriguing, charming personalities of the older milongueros who were interviewed in the, and who were dancing in Mm. the, uh, in that documentary movie. 
So that was one of the first things I saw. And then the fellow watching it, his name was Nicola, walked out with me into the plaza of Lincoln Center and gave me an impromptu tango lesson right there. <laughs> so that was my first tango lesson in the center of Lincoln Center. Nice. And then I didn't dance again for a year. So mm. it was a, I was in college. I was busy with college. I was taking ballet classes. A year later, Barnard College offered a ballroom dancing class for fun, mm-hmm. for not for credit, six weeks of ballroom dancing. And it was the first time even after 20 years of ballet, that when I danced, people said, oh, you're so good. You should stay for the advanced class afterward. I hadn't gotten that kind of nice reaction in ballet, (laughs) which is a much tougher world. (laughs) Or I was just not as, you know, I wasn't talented at it. I was okay. I was kind of gracefulish, but just ballet's just really, really hard. So after that six weeks, me and another friend from that class went downtown to a real ballroom studio. We went to dance sport Mm -hmm. and we signed up for a couple of classes. I signed up for Argentine tango. My friend took us into a swing class. Mm -hmm. And the month after that, I was taking everything dance sport offered, learned Mm -hmm. the hustle, you know, the cha-cha, the waltz. But tango continued to be really fun, intriguing, Mm -hmm. and I loved it. I spent the summer dancing there. Yeah. Yeah. My second month, um, Daniel Trenner was my teacher. Ah. And he had just started teaching at Dance Sport, and he was only going to be there about half a year. <laughs> and so I was really, really lucky to start in that season, in that month, <laughs> at that studio, because Daniel was really the only person in the States at that time who was teaching how to lead and follow in this dance and how to communicate and how to improvise, make up your own stuff. <laughs> your own style, your own patterns. That was unique. There was mm-hmm. other teaching of, so you could call it salon tango, meaning mm-hmm. not stage tango. That's all I'm meaning with that word. Mm-hmm. So like Danelle and Maria were teaching that already in New York, mm-hmm. but they tended to teach patterns that people memorized, as mm-hmm. far as I know. Mm-hmm. And so it was just, just really lucky that I happened on Daniel. And he had also trained a little bit, the woman who was my first teacher that first month, mm-hmm. whose name was Liz Peterson. And she taught ochos, I believe it was, on the first day. And I just loved wow. the looping, twisting, gliding motion. Mm. As a dancer, it, with my particular body that I like, sort of these long, loping, relaxed mm. walks. Mm-hmm. And then the spinning and the twisting of the body. So I like the movement. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know how we put it together with a partner. Maybe we didn't. Mm -hmm. And then I think we learned the sandwich somewhere in that month. (laughs) Yeah. That was really exciting. Mm -hmm. Because then I could see how different from the other dances I was studying at the same school, Tango had a conversation between the the follower and the leader. Mm -hmm. And there were these ritualized moments first where the follower was supposed to, was invited to give a comment or a suggestion of a quality of movement or musical interpretation. Mm -hmm. So that was intriguing also. And then when I got into Daniel's classes, he was teaching everyone to lead and follow. Mm. And that was also different. And I realized by the end of the summer that in every other dance, I knew all of the men's names and I Mm. didn't know any of the women in the (laughs) class because we just rotated around to all the different men. And I thought that's a little weird feeling, kind of off. It's not like that alone would have made me choose the tango because, of course, one could learn to lead in the other dances. But Mm -hmm. it was just an intriguing social difference. Mm -hmm. And then I loved uh, ballroom dancing as well as tango. Love them both, and I did some, what is it called, standard, international, standard 
mm-hmm. my smooth sort of foxtrot and the waltz and the quick step because I love flying around the room. I had been <laughs> flying around the room in ballet. I had a mm-hmm. teacher who encouraged us to move big and leap mm. and, and, you know, really move out. And I love doing that, gliding around in ballroom dancing. So I did that as well as tango the first couple of years. Then I finally felt like I was doing both of them so much that I mm-hmm. had to choose yeah. what to invest in. And uh, ballroom was certainly a physical pleasure, mm-hmm. as was tango. But tango had this whole culture and richness of history and richness of music that intrigued me more. Mm-hmm. It was really my second trip to Buenos Aires okay. with, uh, with Daniel that decided me. Because even in the first trip, I loved it. I adored it. It was just euphoria. Mm-hmm. But ballroom dancing was also euphoria. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like being there the second year and spending so much time there, I could really kind of sink into the culture a little bit more, get to know some of the older people a little bit better, mm-hmm. and just looking at their faces, watching the dance floor. That mm-hmm. was really it. I remember the the evening spent watching the faces of the old men. And mm-hmm. just thinking, what are they remembering? Yeah. And what are they thinking about what they're looking at now? Mm-hmm. Just yeah. fascinating. Absolutely. Yeah. So what was your very first dance like at a Malanga? Oh, so back in the early 90s in New York, I should be precise, I started in 91. Mm-hmm. And in 91, there were two organizations hosting Milongas in New York. Mm-hmm. There was first Amigos del Tango Argentino, and mm-hmm. then there was Mostly Tango. Okay. And they would each host a milonga every six weeks. So it was a rare, exciting (laughs) moment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, often we had to go out to Queens or, well, Mm -hmm. the Amigos del Tango ones, I think, were mostly in Queens. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the first ones I went to. And I think it was in the basement of a church. I Mm -hmm. went with Daniel. We were, I think I can say we were both the youngest people there. Wow. So I was 20. Daniel's about 14 years older. Mm Mm-hmm. Most of the people there were probably Argentine, but I I can't be sure. But there's definitely a nice, big Argentine presence there. Mm -hmm. But they weren't all dancer dancers. Mm -hmm. Some were there for the Argentine conviviality. Maybe there was food. I'm not quite sure. (laughs) What I remember is that we danced a few songs, and then these very nice people came and asked if we would dance for everyone. Ooh. Yes, yeah, so my very first time going out to a milanga, we were asked to perform. Oh my goodness! <laughs> isn't that isn't that odd? That is that it's is cr- so that's strange crazy. to think of now. Yeah, mm-hmm. it could only happen in the kind of landscape mm-hmm. that was the tango scene then. That there yeah. was so little tango in New York right then, mm-hmm. and I was one of the. You know what Daniel had taught me? He taught me to keep my feet on the floor, and that made me look different from everybody else dancing there who had been trained here in New York, who learned in a ballroom studio, or I'm just generalizing because maybe I'm talking about three people and two of them picked up their feet. You know how (laughs) a beginner will sometimes look at forward ochos and they'll start imitating forward ochos, but they pick their feet way up in the air, like with a little kick. Mm -hmm. So I was the only one not doing that. Mm. And so they asked and they were intrigued by how we looked. I think all I knew was to follow Daniel and keep my feet gliding on the floor and Mm. That was kind of interesting for them to see. So very warm, very nice reception. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were just trying to encourage a young pair. I don't know. Yeah. But that was quite quite a way to begin. Yeah. That sounds like fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. It was really fun. That's great. Yeah. So you mentioned, you know, not picking up your feet, which was a really, really good way to 
to do your ocho. So what's some other really good or memorable advice that you've gotten from either Daniel or other teachers you trained with that, that still stick with you today? So that is a huge question, mm. probably a hours long answer because there's so many things that stick with me from those early days. Daniel was great at passing on an idea of the structure of the dance Mm -hmm. that sometimes after months or years of study, I think a student has absorbed because it's obvious or they just get it by osmosis. Mm -hmm. But actually then if I take the trouble to explain it to them, they're like, what? Say that again? This happened twice in the past week. Mm -hmm. But I explained that the followers steps are the skeleton of the dance. Mm -hmm. They're the most essential part of the structure and that the leader steps are sort of layered on top as they interweave with the followers. The leaders have more options, mm-hmm. infinite options, you can say. But what they choose to do with their feet is less important than uh, what they're leading. Mm-hmm. So you could have the leader lead the same little pattern of back ochos and a little hero of a grapevine and a little forward ocho, let's say. Mm-hmm. And then in that same pattern, the leader could dance 100 different things mm-hmm. or, you know, 12 enough to get the concept. Yeah. <laughs> and the follower would be doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then if, if the leader does something does the same thing but changes what the follower is doing, then to me it's an entirely different step. Mm, Whereas the other things are just sort of variations on the same step. And then all of the decorations, the embellishments Mm -hmm. and so on are kind of the top layer, frilly top layer, icing on the cake. And it's important to keep that in mind too Mm. so that you feel more free with them and you focus on whichever layer you you focus on knowing where it fits. Ah. That helps improvise and helps you understand each other. Mm-hmm. So that's that structure. Then okay. in terms of technique, mm-hmm. I don't think of myself as a very technical dancer in mm-hmm. the sense that technique in tango has been evolving since I started. Mm-hmm. And when I started, there was little said about technique. So there mm-hmm. weren't special technique classes. Okay. I felt that I was just fitting my body into the space fit for it mm-hmm. and fitting it into the timing demanded of it. Mm-hmm. However, I could, which seemed to be okay most of the time. Mm-hmm. I had to arrive at a certain place by a certain time in a certain position and I would get myself there. Mm. So that was kind of learning technique just by fitting in with excellent leaders. Okay. I had the great good fortune of arriving in Buenos Aires at a time when there were very few foreigners, mm-hmm. very few non-Argentines interested in the dance and traveling to Buenos Aires to dance it. Mm-hmm. And we were greeted very warmly and like exceptional people, Argentines were astonished that we were interested in their culture. Mm. So I was in a special position of when I went out to Milongas, that might have helped put me in a in a special position where I got to dance with all of these wonderful dancers, milongueros of the time and stars of the tango stage as mm-hmm. well, who would be out at the milongas after their show. And I, I really got to dance with everybody nice. who was fantastic in those days. And they were all so different from each other. Mm. So the main thing, I guess you can say, I absorbed and hold on to fiercely from the, from the early days is mm-hmm. that sense of variety, that sense of individualism, that mm-hmm. sense that the tango is about 
creating something unique in in your own way that mm. each person contributes their proclivities or their styles what they're quote unquote good or bad at uh, mm. within the tangle world can always be transformed into something expressive and, mm. and fun yeah so and then in terms of my teachers there all contradicted each other mm. interesting and that was a, a great gift yeah make me not take anything too seriously <laughs> at the same time develop a great curiosity about how these contradictions would manifest in slightly different forms of the dance so mm -hmm. if one teacher said on a technical point we always have to have our weight centered between our two feet mm -hmm. in the middle 50 50 mm -hmm. and another teacher that same week said we should be 100% on the back foot and another one said we should be 100% on the front foot and practice mm. our ochos that way. Ah. These were different forms of walking or ochoing, transferring weight mm -hmm. that resulted in different styles. And I know that today no one talks about being between your feet 50-50. It sounds mm -hmm. like sacrilege because yeah. the other technique has gotten the most voices mm -hmm. but if you study ballroom dancing going back to my ballroom days you're mm -hmm. always 50 50 between your feet yeah and that creates a very smooth flow around the dance floor so the people who dance that way look smooth and flowing like water mm. and being a hundred percent on one foot or hundred percent on the other foot mm -hmm. gives more of a drama to mm. your look because there's a like an end point another pose another end point or pose mm -hmm. this may be sharper yeah. And yeah. but I'm telling you that after many years of thinking about it, turning sure. it over in my mind. Mm -hmm. nice. So I've kind of strayed from the question a little bit. That's okay. About That's okay. Tangents are good. From the old days. <laughs> okay. Yeah. As you were as you were learning, what what was a bad tango habit that you used to have and how did you get over it? I don't know if I have exactly an answer for a bad tango habit. Okay. But for the first for the first 16 or 17 years of mm -hmm. dancing tango, mm -hmm. I was up on my toes all the time. Mm. And it wasn't until 98 okay. that I saw I had to put my heels down on the floor. Ah. I'd come from ballet, mm -hmm. and it seemed mm, from what I saw and what I felt in the dance, fine mm -hmm. and lovely to be up on my toes, no matter what footwear I was in. Mm -hmm. Dancing around on tiptoe, I had strong calves, I thought, from ballet, so I could just be comfy up there, and I felt dainty and pretty and quick. Mm -hmm. And um, I still occasionally dance with my heels up mm -hmm. if I'm dancing close embrace with somebody taller than me. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I found in 98, much as it annoyed me, that Mateen was right, mm -hmm. that I should put my heels down. Ah. See, I had been working with him for a few months. Okay. And he was not delicate in in telling me to put my heels down, <laughs> which is why I say it annoyed me. Okay. <laughs> but then I danced with Chico, mm -hmm. and this was in his first visit to New York. Mm -hmm. We danced a lot, which is a mention of absolute joy and mm -hmm. and euphoria again. Yeah. In about a, a week that he was here in in November of '98, and the turns were so fast mm. and the motion so demanding and he so light and me wanting to be light, mm -hmm. I had to put the heels down oh. for stability. 
Okay. Or I would have been swept into the air. Or, <laughs> of yeah. course, it's physically impossible. But I felt like my feet would come out from under me if I didn't ground the, the foot fully by putting my heels down. Ah. That's dancing open. I don't know what shoes. Maybe mm-hmm. flat shoes. Mm-hmm. But uh, what do I want to add about that? I don't know. Nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's a, that's such a good <laughs> but, thing that you brought up because. A lot of followers or ladies who start tango or in their early part of their tango journey, they'll say, should I, they'll, they'll instinctively lift their heels up. And mm-hmm. I think it's important that you say, no, I mean, you don't want to clomp around on the ground, but just for that stability, Mm-mm. it's important. No. Yeah. When you're going backward, mm-hmm. the lowering of the heel is a, you could say an art. It's definitely an issue. Mm-hmm. How and when and how fast and with what resistance in the muscles do you let the heel touch the floor? So mm-hmm. I'm not talking about putting a lot of weight into my heel, right. but still having the heel touching the floor, it's important for stability. Mm-hmm. And that lets you be light to your partner and not a burden to your partner. Mm-hmm. And it's so fun when a leader can place my toe, mm-hmm. but not yet the ball of my foot, and then mm-hmm. can place the ball of my foot but knows my heel is still up and then can press my heel to the floor. Nice. That's intimate. Yeah. So I wanted to add Mm -hmm. that for a long time, I wasn't grounded enough. And Mm -hmm. I'm still probably not grounded enough. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what that meant. So I embarked on a quest Mm -hmm. asking 10 or 11 of my colleagues, my respected Mm -hmm. colleagues and friends, other professionals or just good dancers, Mm -hmm. what did the word grounded mean? Mm -hmm. And was I grounded? Mm-hmm. And um, the answers were very interesting. Carlos Moreno, as you know, probably is an expert on locomotion, specifically animal locomotion. Mm. So I asked him, and I remember him telling me that it just meant a resistance to mm-hmm. landing. Oh. And I said, oh, I thought it meant a resistance to leaving. And he said, that too, that too, it's the same thing. <laughs> so I said, okay, this is still mysterious. Mm-hmm. I asked a friend of mine who used to live in New York, doesn't live here anymore. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, Rebecca, you remember that one day that we practiced together, mm-hmm. that you were so unhappy? He said, you were grounded that day. Hmm. So that was another mysterious answer. Yeah. And then I thought about my friend James, mm-hmm. who liked to occasionally get his students angry <laughs> because they dance better. Mm. I don't know if I'm revealing big secrets of James's technique here, but I don't think so. Mm -mm. So I thought about all this, Mm -hmm. kind of put it together, and I decided that what made me more grounded was having more muscle energy in my Mm -hmm. legs, Mm -hmm. and that when I was upset or when people are angry, Mm -hmm. it gave me energy. Mm -hmm. It gave me, what, adrenaline or some feeling of, of energy, more energy, and I was putting that into the dance that I happened to be doing at that time. But the good news is I didn't have to be angry or Mm -hmm. upset in order to turn on that energy. I Mm -hmm. could be joyful and turn it on, or I could just get it from the music, or I could just tell my legs, Mm -hmm. hey, turn on, Mm. engage the muscles. Mm -hmm. So that's what I do now when I have to dance my best. I have a little talk with my legs, (laughs) and I tell them to squeeze. Nice. And I mean, just all the big muscles have to turn on more. And that's mm-hmm. what it means to resist arriving and to resist leaving is that there's muscle engagement that is more than the minimum that you need to do in order to step. Mm. Interesting. That's a big struggle for me because I'm mm-hmm. a very floppy person. <laughs> 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 My legs would rather be, I don't know, dangling mm-hmm. over a chair. Mm-hmm. So I have to tell them to really work extra. And I, and 
the results are immediate. That and pull my belly in. Okay. Yeah, so no doubt tango is a challenge physically, but it's also it's also uh, a challenge mentally. So in your opinion, mm-hmm. Rebecca, what are some ways to become a mentally strong tango dancer? Oh, man, you ask very intriguing questions. <laughs> ways to become a mentally strong tango dancer. Mm-hmm. I'm having trouble choosing which answer to say first because I'm crowded with thoughts and ideas. Mm-hmm for leaders and followers. And maybe that's the first idea is to Mm -hmm. dance both roles. Mm -hmm. So uh, all of the great leaders of the golden age that I was then dancing with in the Mm nineties had learned to follow, of course, before they learned to lead. Mm. And that's still a hallmark of, of the best dancers that they understand a substantial amount about both roles. Mm To be a, a pretty good follower, you don't have to lead, but to be a great follower, I think it's essential. Mm-hmm. And then the first thing I think of is personality. People usually have to struggle with their feelings more than their intellect mm-hmm. to stick to this dance and to make way, make their way in this dance. Right. It's challenging to one's self-esteem. Mm-hmm. The milonga is brutal. I, I have students who love the dance, but can't seem to get enough happiness Mm -hmm. from the milonga scene so they don't go out dancing very often Mm. and it's always a feeling of being being a charged scene like where they have to perform or have a certain result to have a Mm. good evening and if it's not a good evening you know they feel they're failing or their investment isn't really Mm. paying off or yeah just feel down so yeah mentally strong the first thing i think of is to have some kind of bravado about mm. going to the milonga okay. so i had a I had a student who's now a really good friend mm-hmm. who decided when he went out dancing he was just going to go for quantity he's like tonight <laughs> i'm going to dance with 10 different women mm-hmm. i don't care and he met some strange people mm-hmm. and people who sometimes said odd and not very nice things about his dancing and he would just be like okay, you're number four. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to go get number five. Mm -hmm. And within the course of the evening, some people were very nice, but maybe they didn't connect very well dancing, but some of them would connect well dancing and be nice people. Mm -hmm. And he would then go on to the next milonga a few days later and, you know, gradually meet enough nice people that he could connect with, Mm -hmm. that he could have a good time. Mm -hmm. But it took a tough skin the first few times. Yeah. Yeah, and 10 is a very high number, of course. Yeah. And I guess he was going up and asking them to dance. Mm-hmm. It might be difficult. I don't know. Maybe he was mm-hmm. just giving them the eye. <laughs> Another point mentally mm-hmm. is that you should study whatever interests you about the tango, whatever mm-hmm. makes you happy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's supposed to be fun. Right. So if the music, is, if one kind of music is drawing you, Mm-hmm. work with that music. Mm-hmm. If you love ganchos, learn ganchos. Mm-hmm. If you love embellishments, learn embellishments. I don't think you need to wait until you're perfect yeah. to begin some of that fun stuff that's exciting. And of course, you'll learn more challenging ones later mm-hmm. when you're ready for that kind of speed or technique or control. I think if you're not into close embrace, don't dance it. Mm-hmm. If you're not into open embrace, dance close, mm-hmm. whatever you're into, there's no one path. Yeah. 
So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like what you said about it's okay to take, you don't have to be perfect before you move on. A lot of times when mm-hmm. I've taken classes, when I've bitten off more than I can chew, I, I realize what it is I do need to work on. So it kind of helps me figure out, oh, yeah, before I do this, I should probably really work on that. I'm nodding, um, and I'm I'm sure mm-hmm. that I've had many students like that, and then I mm-hmm. have the opposite kind who <laughs> don't realize <laughs> what they might need to work on first. <laughs> and then, you know, I can suggest it to them. That's mm-hmm. my job. Mm-hmm. But they still might prefer to just do whatever it is that intrigues them. I have one mm-hmm. guy I dance with every week, and he will not stop twirling me under his arm. <laughs> And you know, okay, mm-hmm. he can twirl me under his arm. It's mm-hmm. all right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he does it when he can't think of a tango step because okay. he dances ballroom as well. Oh, okay. And I'm like, listen, let's slow down. I've shown you techniques for thinking of new things in tango, like what direction can the follower go? Mm-hmm. Lead, lead me somewhere that makes sense in tango. And he's like, no, I'm just going to twirl you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but he's happy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so some some things you can't fight. Yeah. So Rebecca, in all your years of dancing, you've had a lot of tango adventures. You've helped found an all women's tango company, Tango Mujer. Yeah, you've just been everywhere, done so much. So what what do you do to keep challenging yourself? Lots of things challenge me in this dance. When I'm leading, there's tons of material still for me to work on to assimilate that I've been exposed to, that I need to digest, that I need to practice, and I don't get near enough chance to do that. Mm -hmm. When I'm teaching, my students challenge me, Mm -hmm. literally with excellent questions that I need to really consider. When I'm hosting my practica, Mm -hmm. keeping track of everybody there, Mm-hmm. making sure that they are engaged most of the time, mm-hmm. that if they need me, I get over to them, dance with them or answer their question or give them some further inspiration. Mm-hmm. That's a big challenge. That's yeah. exhausting. I mm-hmm. love it, though. Mm-hmm. I love how friendly my practica is. Nice. And uh, DJing is a challenge because I actually have so many go-tos mm-hmm. that I could easily DJ many hours without coming up with new tandas and learning about new songs mm-hmm. but I should and I love doing it nice. when I sit down and do it mm-hmm. and then as a follower dancing the followers part that is a huge challenge mm-hmm. physically and mentally my mind wanders mm-hmm. my muscles wander mm-hmm. <laughs> and relax yeah. so just controlling the body and focusing the mind mm-hmm. With, me- with many partners, it's very easy. And then the challenging partner comes to town mm-hmm. and I'm not ready. Mm-hmm. So I need, to, I need to kind of stay in shape mentally to be ready to focus and mm-hmm. match the most challenging partners. Mm-hmm. And I had a, an incredible evening last Wednesday when I went out dancing at Tangle Cafe. I danced with four different fabulous partners Mm -hmm. and I hadn't danced with most of them at all or maybe once many years ago. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, I felt honestly like I did pretty well with Mm -hmm. three out of four, but the one guy Mm -hmm. who breaks the steps into little pieces and then leads just a couple of those pieces who has the most quirky timing, whose ideas are so beautiful and original, Mm -hmm. who 
pauses to shift gears mm. into a different quality, change the amount of tension or tone, mm -hmm. and then erupts again, mm. I felt like I couldn't quite match him. Mm. So he's a challenge for me. Okay. And it's partly because of my, my mind mm -hmm. just gets in my way. Mm -hmm. I've spent years annoyed at people who tell followers not to think. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and yet, in this moment with that guy, mm -hmm. I have to think less. Mm. I have to at least focus what I'm thinking about on the physical, on what is happening right now. And he gave me great advice about that. You want to mm. hear it? Sure. Are you sure you're ready? Because this is really weird. I found it really weird, okay. but intriguing enough that it has kept my monkey mind busy okay. whenever I dance with him. Mm -hmm. If I focus on that one thing, it has kept my mind, let me say, focused. So he asked me, mm -hmm. <laughs> this is so weird and brilliant, okay. to focus on the amount of muscle tone in his legs. Huh. Yeah, like he can dial it up and dial it down again, and mm -hmm. he might dance with his legs very engaged or mm -hmm. less so, a little more relaxed, mm -hmm. and I should try to match that. Well, I thought, how on earth am I going to feel the muscle tone in your legs? I'm not touching your legs. Right. Arms, I can understand. Mm -hmm. Core. Maybe even, your yeah. torso, mm -hmm. core, right? But legs, hmm. that was hard enough to engage Rebecca's mind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, and it's very physical. Yeah. It's not like I'm labeling the step like, oh, now he wants a back cross. Oh, now he wants a front baleo, which mm -hmm. doesn't work with him. Mm -hmm. It was just more animal, more like, oh, more tension, mus muscle tone, now less muscle tone, now more muscle huh. tone. That, yeah. that gave me success. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So he's he's in town these days. I might go dancing with him again. Okay. See if I do any better. Okay. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You touched upon this a, a little bit about um, you know about challenges in, in working with your students and how they ask really great questions. So what are some things you've learned from your own students over the years? What I remember, I remember many times mm -hmm. in recent weeks, students challenging me in the class or calling me out saying but you told us not to tilt your shoulders and now you're tilting your shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> they're like kids. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're funny. Mm -hmm. So stuff like that or the way that I lead something, mm -hmm. sometimes it has become unconscious in my mind. How mm -hmm. am I leading the step? Mm -hmm. Then I have to go back and sort it out and think about it. Yeah, just from troubles that come up, Mm -hmm. I have to reanalyze a lot of times what's happening in the embrace and what's happening in the upper bodies. Are we supposed to be so askew or is there a way to face each other a little bit more? Mm -hmm. Things like that. There's okay. plenty that has gone unconscious or was never conscious in mm -hmm. my dance. Mm -hmm. okay. And many things I learned dancing with great dancers that was never articulated. Mm -hmm. So it's really fun to try to pass it on to somebody else and have to articulate it mm. and then usually interrupt them 30 seconds later mm -hmm. because I forgot to point something out that was really important. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a very humble teacher and I always say, Oh, I forgot to tell you. Mm -hmm. Let's go back and look at this again. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. No, but I think t students really, they appreciate that. Are you, we have a good time. Yeah. You're just very honest and with that and that's, they, they do appreciate mm -hmm. it. Yeah. 
Yeah, speaking uh, of students some more, uh, what are some good ways for advanced students to help the beginner students in a community? Oh, what a sweet question. <laughs> so you have a community where advanced students dance with beginner students, do you? Uh, yeah. That's so nice. That's like my practica. Great. So <clears throat> first I want to mention two people at my practica who help me every week. Mm-hmm just for the love of it, and who insisted that I keep my practica going mm-hmm. because they just want to dance all afternoon Nice. after having danced all morning and planning to dance all evening as well. Mm-hmm. So, so Amy and Andrew uh, help me out with whatever I need, and Andrew writes a lot of good stuff about his thoughts on tango. Mm-hmm. And this is a quote from Andrew. He said a couple years ago, he said, when I dance with a more experienced dancer, I become a better dancer. Mm-hmm. And when I dance with a less experienced dancer, I become a better partner. Mm. Yeah, I thought that was a great inspiration for people Mm -hmm. to dance with everybody. Yeah. If they're looking to improve, there's no way to not improve Mm -hmm. if you pay attention to what's going on in the dance. Mm -hmm. So, um, but that isn't answering your question at all. Hang on. (laughs) Well, it sort of does. If there's more to add. It's quotable, but I'm quoting somebody else. Okay. Okay. It takes great skill on the part of the more advanced dancers Mm -hmm. to dance with the beginners and give them a good time. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a skill that they can take pride in. Mm -hmm. It's something I experienced a lot. Yeah, just dance. Mm -hmm. Have a good time yourself. Give them a good time. Be encouraging. Did you mean... Should they teach them or not? Well, it, it's that... however you want to answer the question. I want to. I want to hear the tango according to Rebecca. <laughs> so in tango, we're trying to give each other a good time, mm-hmm. have a good time ourselves. Yeah. So it's the same no matter whom you're dancing with, mm-hmm. and the more open-minded you are, and the more skills you have mm-hmm. in dance, the more you can find a way to have fun with people of different backgrounds Mm -hmm. who dance differently or surprise you. I had a woman who used to come to my Milanga years ago. She Mm -hmm. came often. She was such a rebel. I would lead her and she would do as many boleos as she wanted. (laughs) She, she would spin herself under my arm. She would come and wrap around my leg, but she was so charming about it. So Mm -hmm. feisty. You had to just love her. Yeah. And laugh with her and go with that energy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think I could do the whole evening like that. Right. But she had lots of partners. Mm-hmm. So it was a little <laughs> spice for each of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> I kind of wandered away from your question. I don't know. Am I, mm-hmm. is there more to, hmm. No, I, I think you say something covered a like lot. go slowly or keep mm-hmm. it simple. Yeah. But that's not really, <laughs> not really me. Yeah. okay rebecca so what are some future projects you're working on oh future projects i have a trip coming up in the summer that i can't tell you about okay i'm working with an incredible modern dancer but i can't tell you about it okay (laughs) and the fellow i mentioned who's in town Mm -hmm. is a current project just to try to keep my dancing up to snuff Mm -hmm. so when you say future, I think of my daughter, mm. but it has nothing to do with tango. And that just shows you how my mind is all wrapped up in mm. fifth grade homework, 
and <laughs> fifth grade spring break plans and mm -hmm. middle school coming up next year. Yeah. Does she dance too? Yeah, she dances. Oh, good for her. She loves to move big and mm -hmm. maybe you can, <laughs> it's funny that it's what I talked about a lot in this podcast, but mm -hmm. she loves to throw ganchos and boleos and do huge heroes and so forth. She loves to lead. She'll mm -hmm. only follow for a few songs before okay. asking to lead me. She leads, leads ochos and cross system and stuff like that. <laughs> I think she understands it. Okay. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. But then she goes back to her book. Sometimes okay. she doesn't want to dance at all, mm. which is fine with me. <laughs> I, I don't think tango is really for kids to delve into deeply, mm -hmm. to dabble with, sure. Yeah. It's fun. It's an intellectual challenge. You can zoom around the room. Mm -hmm. But to really get into the fine points of holding still and paying attention to tiny movements, mm. I don't know. Yeah. That it's, can come later. Yeah, I think it's something that they'll probably appreciate later in life. But yeah, like mm -hmm. you said, dabbling with it's great. Yeah, I did offer the fifth grade to come in and teach a little bit because they had a ballroom dancing class mm -hmm. earlier this year mm -hmm. that most of them hated. But <laughs> yeah. like two boys and three girls liked it. Mm -hmm. That's done. Mm -hmm. um, my, my daughter led throughout it she was the only girl in the grade leading okay that was cool i wish that they had done it a little bit less gendered mm -hmm. but i was happy my girl broke the mold nice and yeah thank you nice. and um because they're studying the americas in social studies this year mm -hmm. and some of them wanted to do more dancing i thought i'd offer so i hope that goes well teaching mm -hmm. 10 year olds a little about the the tango when they don't all want to be there <laughs> <laughs> I hope I can capture them mm -hmm. somehow. I have to think really creatively about what we capture their attention. Mm -hmm. Okay, Rebecca, this has been a lot of fun. Where do we find out more about you online? Oh, I do have a website, RebeccaTango.com. It's not updated with um, each week's information. So mm -hmm. I send out an email about what's going on, mm -hmm. what I'm teaching each Tuesday, if anything special is happening at my practica, which is Saturdays, and all of the special guests that I have the honor to host. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should have talked about them when you asked about future projects. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So future projects include hosting Jose Garofalo in March. Mm -hmm. Brigitte will be back in town in March. Nice. I uh, have the joy of hosting Eric Jorison twice a year, and he'll nice. be back in late May, early mm -hmm. June. Great. Pablo Pulis and Noel Strassa, I organized for them again in July. Mm -hmm. I am not sure if Damian Thompson is coming back this summer, but if he does, I will organize a workshop for him. Great. So my roster is full, and I'm so blessed to have these talented yeah. artists passing through town and trusting me with their work. That's great. Okay, and I'll have your website URL in the show notes so people will be able to look you up and get in contact Fabulous. with you. Fabulous. All right, Rebecca. Well, thanks again so much for taking the time to talk to me. I really appreciate it. I know my you're pleasure. super busy. Yeah, I'm sure my mind will be whirling with the things I should have said later. <laughs> but yeah. so far, I feel that I did okay and it was yeah. fun. Yeah, it was fun. And great to finally have a chance to talk to you. Okay, there was a lot of stuff we covered. Even though Rebecca doesn't see herself as a technical dancer, she definitely gave some valuable advice when it comes to follower technique. I really liked what she said about the importance of remembering to lower the heel while taking back steps 
and how we need to manage each weight transfer, that we need to use a little more muscle engagement, more than the minimum needed to step, but not much more than that. Like she said, it's an art, but once we get better at it, our dancing will definitely improve. I also liked what Rebecca said about her experiences dancing with a variety of people who were around during the Golden Age, and how there were such differences between dancers. And not surprisingly, she found that many teachers often contradicted each other. If you take tango for long enough and experience a variety of teaching styles, you'll find this happening, and it's okay. Some styles will resonate with you, others won't. You will have to develop your own individual style and way of moving. I also appreciated Rebecca's thoughts on becoming a mentally strong dancer. She mentioned that it's important to learn both roles to help give us a deeper understanding of tango. She also talked about the need to have some degree of bravado when going to a malanga. Now, dancing socially can be a challenge to your self-esteem, especially if you're new. There will be moments when we're going to feel bad. That can be because of a bad dance or something unkind or inappropriate that someone said to us. But like Rebecca mentioned, we need to develop a tough skin. And my takeaway from her thoughts is that we should take our tango seriously, but we shouldn't take ourselves as seriously as our tango. That'll help in building bravado while keeping us level-headed. So thank you again, Rebecca, for sharing your story and for your insights. And once again, glad we finally got a chance to talk. And thanks to all you listeners for tuning in. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you have yet to leave a five-star rating and review on whatever platform you're using, please go ahead and do so. It only takes a second and helps out a lot. Okay, that wraps up another episode of Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon. Mm -hmm.